Tony. Hello, Canada. Tony here. Today's date is December 29th, 2020. I hope this day finds all of you well all across Canada as we get closer to the new year. And I'm sure that, like many of you, I am looking forward to putting 2020 behind me. So, what's on my mind today? Justin Trudeau, our fearless leader, our supreme leader, the person whom I look up to and admire so much. Yeah, him. <laughs> um, in a year-end interview with Evan Solomon, Justin Trudeau very smugly and condescendingly answered a certain question, which he does really to any question that he's asked because he is just a smug things I can't say on public airwaves Evan Solomon asked him about the trickle of vaccines for COVID coming into Canada as compared to the wave of vaccines being administered in the United States he asked Mr. Trudeau about the fact that the Americans promised to inoculate 100 million people in 100 days, by which time Canada may have inoculated 3 million. May. Not necessarily a guarantee. And we've only seen a quarter million doses so far at the end of December. So I'm going to say not likely. But at any rate, Mr. Trudeau very smugly and calmly said to Evan Solomon, well, we have a better healthcare system than the Americans do, so they certainly need the vaccine more than we do. And I thought, wow, um, never ever give up an opportunity to take a shot at the Americans, do you, Mr. Trudeau? And I should never be surprised by his arrogance. Really, never. And then he also said something else, which has actually gotten some criticism from some epidemiologists, you know, medical experts. And early on in the pandemic, Mr. Trudeau admitted he is not a medical expert. But anyway, I did hear an interview with a medical expert. And this past weekend, he was saying that when Mr. Trudeau answered the question about it's not how we start the race, it's how we finish. And his reference to that, of course, was to the fact that, yes, we're, we're slow getting some vaccines, but as long as we get way more vaccines than we could possibly need by the end, that's what's more important. Now, I wasn't really sure I agreed with that when he said that, but this epidemiologist, scientist, follow the science, a scientist, epidemiologist, said that, well, really, that was not the best way to put it, because it is important, actually, how you start. Because if you start strong, like the Americans are, like the Brits, like much of the European Union is starting, then you inoculate a larger portion of your population more quickly, which gets that herd immunity going. Now, this particular epidemiologist wasn't so concerned about the herd immunity as he was about just protecting those who need the protecting. Get the, the, 
vaccine to those who are most vulnerable. Which actually is kind of what Lewis and I were saying. And have been saying since, well, March, actually. Protect those the most vulnerable. Let everybody else get the virus cycled through. Build up the herd immunity naturally. Kind of like Sweden. Although Sweden, and they even admit they really blew it as far as protecting their, their seniors, which is why they had a lot of really bad numbers early on. But I digress, as I usually do. So anyway, what Mr. Trudeau had said to Evan Solomon just really ticked me off, because A, yes, it's important how we start, and B, I don't think we have a better medical system than, than the Americans do. And I guess I have to attach a caveat for those Americans that have health insurance, which is most Americans. They have a great system. In fact, a friend of mine who lives in the United States even would purport they have too much of a system as he needed a procedure done or at least was recommended to get it done. And the doctor literally said, what are you doing next Thursday? And I thought, wow, to get that particular procedure done here in Canada, the doctor would say, well, in eight or nine weeks, we could possibly get you in to see a specialist, at which time the specialist might say, oh, what do you do in a year and a half from now? So I don't know that Canada actually has a better system Especially when it's waiting on the public dole for an MRI, for example. And that could be months. Yeah, yeah, months. Not go down this afternoon. Oh, of course, you can if you pay for it here in Canada. But Mr. Trudeau actually changed the Canada Health Act to make that so it's, well, kind of a contravenance of health, the Canada Health Act now to pay for such a service. And... It's a bit of a gray area, but at any rate, that's a direction I want to go in, and not necessarily MRIs, but it's how we deliver healthcare in this country. Because as far as I'm concerned, it's pretty abysmal. Now, on the Roy Green show a few weeks ago, he was interviewing a lady who was a nurse, so not a medical expert, but a practicing nurse, so a, uh, an experienced, you know, medical healthcare practitioner and what she was talking about was the fact that electives have been cancelled for a potential influx of COVID patients and she was saying that that really should never have happened that we should never have stopped performing elective surgeries because now the backlog is absolutely killing people and it's literally killing people. Now, Lewis and I have talked about that on the show. These backlogs are literally killing people. And this nurse said the exact same thing. And she said, and it warmed my heart when she said, we as a country need to look at how we deliver healthcare services. That line alone, I just said, testify. Yes, sister. Yes. We as a country need desperately to examine how we deliver healthcare services in this country. And I got excited about that because this is a wagon I have been riding for over 20 years, is that we really need to change the way we're doing things. And 
you have heard Lewis and I say on this show before, government should never run anything because they suck at it. Yet it is government that owns, operates, and funds our healthcare system. And guess what? They suck at it. They, how government funds our health care is they put a big bucket of money in front of a health authority and say, okay, we need you to use that by the end of the year or you don't get that much again next year. And make certain you are, you're efficient with it, though. But spend it all, every, every, every cent. I think if you and I got our entire year's salary given to us on January 1st, our incentive to keep working hard would probably dwindle away by, what, January 2nd, January 3rd? Yet this is how we fund our healthcare system. And for whatever reason, when you, when you try to, to bring up the sacred cow of healthcare, it's always, oh, you want a two-tiered American system. Well, our system right now is multi-tiered because an NHL player who gets hurt in a hockey game, the very next day, pays for an MRI, usually before or after hours for the rest of us, and away they go. You and I can only do that if we happen to be on workers' compensation or or an insurance company claim. Then, for some reason, we can get ahead of the queue. Now, when I've had this discussion with people, as a young political candidate in an Alberta election 20-plus years ago, I brought up the idea that government is not the only solution for healthcare delivery in this province or in this country. And I was absolutely vilified by, well, my left-wing opponents because as far as they were concerned, only government should run healthcare. And I said, there really would not hurt to have a private option that operated within the government system a private practitioner who billed the government for services once the services were satisfactorily delivered. Does that sound familiar? Because that is exactly what our family doctors do in this country today and have ever since the establishment of Universal Medicare. These private contractors known as Dr. So-and-so Medical Corporation contract their services. Yeah, they contract their services to the government. The government bills them based on our health card number. So why could we not expand that and say, okay, facility X, as long as you are government accredited, just like our family doctor over here, by all means, provide services to the people and bill the government directly for those services. Yet when you bring that up, and I had the most hilarious retort, um, this was in that campaign 20 plus years ago, that if we start allowing private clinics, we're going to lose all of our best doctors and nurses to the private system. Well, what does that tell you? Maybe that tells you that our system kind of sucks. And if we developed an alternative that was actually somewhat efficient, and actually provided services in a timely and efficient manner that perhaps doctors and nurses would say, hey, I like that. I see that as a good thing, actually. Now, here in Saskatchewan, the government under Brad Wall 
actually had a good thing going because they contracted some private delivery options to help with the backlog on certain electives like cataract surgeries and, and some other minor procedures and actually were able to cut the waiting list down to almost zero. But then, of course, as other issues came up, they took their eye off the ball and then Mr. Trudeau came along and changed the Canada Health Act. So then even with the MRI clinic that was, again, helping cut down the backlogs, they decided that, nope, nope, you uh, cannot have a private MRI clinic that is allowed to bill patients directly. And so that means that they could operate within the public system. And I'd be still be fine with that. But yet, for some reason, people in this country think it's actually better for all of us to suffer together than it is for somebody, God forbid, to jump ahead of the queue and go to a private clinic. Well, what if that private clinic bills the government for services just like that big long lineup that you guys are going to at the, at the public hospital? Wouldn't that be better that we still we can go to a place of our choice and still have services paid for by the government just like we do in a at a public clinic? How is this a bad thing? But yet our friends on the left just can't stomach anything that has the words private sector attached to it. I mean, you hear Jagmeet saying use the word profit like it's a swear word. And it doesn't have to be a bad word. I think that if a private practitioner, like your family doctor, sees what the fees are for services and feels like they can make a buck at it, I think they should do it. And all of our family doctors do, because they are all private practitioners. But yet, our friends on the left always overlook that. And it just infuriates me that there is private sector practitioners right there, the very front line of our hospital system, our healthcare system, sorry. And they bill directly for services, but yet if they want to set up some kind of a clinic that actually offers services just beyond their diagnostics, that suddenly is a bad thing. And I don't think I am ever going to understand why that's a bad thing. Especially if, as I said, if we set it up so that a private practitioner either is in the public system, accessing public money and public patients only, I shouldn't say public money, it's taxpayer money, and you know, getting taxpayer dollars to, to serve the public in the public health care system, or they are out and billing private patients for directly for services and only private patients and not double dipping. I see no problem with that. In fact, it's hypocritical to suggest anything else when you already have the diagnostics, the family doctors, as private medical corporations working in the public system. So we've already got the template. But yet, our friends on the left will tell you, you're trying to destroy our health care. Actually, I'm trying to enhance our health care. Because now as I'm approaching middle age, 
I realize I'm going to start using that healthcare system a little more. So it's starting to become a little more personal for me as I get older. And it's got to change. Healthcare costs currently take up an average of 45% of provincial government budgets across Canada. And that isn't sustainable. That number continues to rise every year because we continue to fund this inefficient, bloated system and not one single province has enough cojones to show any kind of leadership to change that system. But it's time. In fact, it was time 22 years ago when I first started having these discussions. But it's beyond time now because now healthcare costs are starting to drive provinces broke. And before the healthcare system completely breaks, let's just try to inject a little bit of common sense. But as we've seen in Canada, especially in healthcare, common sense is not that common.